States, yes. So with that being said, I get to share the word with you this morning. I'm excited to do that, excited to jump in. Uh, you know, last week, it just, oh, you know, it was an amazing time. Uh, I just was so happy to be back. I'm still happy to be back. Uh, you know, it's, uh, truth is, I had a rough couple of days. My, my wife being out at the, at the women's retreat, which is wonderful for her. But, uh, you know, I begin to look at all the things and realize, man, she does this, she does that, she handles this, she makes this happen. And I'm here trying to figure out, like, how am I going to do this, you know, like... Uh, but uh, God is good, and so uh, all three of the kids slept in the bed with me last night, and uh, we camped out and had some fun and got some sleep, but uh, regardless, I'm ready to share the Word with you this morning, so let's get into it. You ready for the Word? Amen. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this season in our church. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your Word. Today, God, as we've come, we've gathered, Lord, we want to hear from you. God, would your spirit move and minister and strengthen, but God, would you reveal the truths of your word? We're excited. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I've titled this morning's message, The Blessings Are in the Details. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been excited to purchase something at the store, but not so excited to put it together when you got home? Anybody? It's like most of my Ikea purchases, right? I'm like, yes, yes, no, no, I don't want to do this. Have you ever struggled with building something? And you go to build it and you get ahead of yourself and suddenly something doesn't fit. The parts don't match up. It, it, it isn't the way that it's supposed to be. I want to say this. There are step-by-step -step instructions for a reason. Would you say that with me? There are step-by-step -step instructions for a reason. Now, let me say this. You're going to love the Bible. If you don't already love the Bible, you're going to love the Bible. The Bible has such great wisdom and insight. It just, it just it lets you know how to do it, how to handle it, how to go about it. Just recently, um, I was able to purchase my son a basketball hoop, and it was a real big thing for, you know, for my dad and I and my, and my son. You know, basketball is like a, a special sport. You know, we like all sports, but there's something special about basketball. And so, you know, I was able to buy my son a hoop. I remember growing up, um, we really couldn't afford the whole, you know, base and the pole and the back one of the hoop. And so I remember we went to the flea market, and my dad found a rim, just the rim. And we got a piece of plywood and cut that up and put the rim on it and didn't paint it a little square. And my dad got some two by fours and we, we drilled that to the roof. And man, I, I was, I was, you know, I, I was Reggie Miller on that hoop. I was, I, I, I grew up playing that. I loved the front yard and playing on that hoop. And so recently I got a chance to purchase my son like a hoop. And so, you know, I called my dad over and me, my son and my dad were putting it together. You know, we're going through the thing and we're having a fun and just enjoying ourselves. And, and, and somewhere in there, I begin to think about like the end results. I begin to think about what it's going to be like. You know, I've been showing my son how to, how, how to dribble and pass and shoot and get the right form going and get his, you know, follow through. And I'm teaching him some of those things. And so we're not done, but I'm imagining what it's going to be like when it's done, you know. And so somewhere along the line, we stop paying attention to the instructions, you know, and we think, well, you know, it, it, it's got to be simple, right? You know, this part goes with this part, this part goes with this part, and you put it up and you're done, right? And so, you know, we stop paying attention to the instructions, and, and we get down to where we're just about finished, and we realize that we had put the rim upside down. 
And so, okay, well, let's just flip the whole blackboard the other way. No, it doesn't work that way, right? And so, yeah, <laughs> it really just... But what I want to say to you this morning is there are step-by-step -step instructions for a reason. See, again, you're going to love the Bible. There are so many times we wonder how we should go about it. We wonder if there's a way to do this, if there's a way to overcome this, if there's a way to have that difficult conversation that we need to have, a way to, 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 to live out what we hope to live out. Listen, sometimes, sometimes, because we don't know how to get the information that we want, we end up doing nothing. We got the issue, we got the situation, but we end up doing nothing and we end up getting stuck and we end up feeling stuck for the longest time because we don't know how to have the conversation. We don't know how to overcome the situation. We don't know how to move past this stage of our life. Or we end up trying to do whatever we can and the truth is we make a bigger mess. And I don't know if you've ever made a bigger mess. Today we are going to dive into a passage of Scripture where we see the people of God, we see the Israelites, and they have recently been flee, freed from slavery, freed from slavery in Egypt, and Moses and Aaron are their leaders. Now, the people, they've been walking in the wilderness, and they're tired, they're overwhelmed, they're desperate, they're frustrated, but the truth is, at this very moment in time in their lives, God has provided for them over and over again. God has never left them. God has never forsaken them. It just seems that they cannot remember what God has done to bring them to this point in their lives. And sometimes that happens with us. Sometimes, listen, we're in the middle of the situation and we're just like, ah! But did you remember that God even got you to this point in life? That God is the one that has seen you through? That God is the one that opened the door? That God is the one that's protected you? Hey, guess what? You woke up this morning and you're in the house of God. You see, in their generation, they got to see miracle after miracle. They got to see God's provision. But in this moment, it's not enough for them. It's not enough. God supernaturally provided for them. And it's, it's, it's just not enough. And they're complaining. And they're complaining. And they're complaining. It seems like they complain, God provides. They complain, God provides. And it's this cycle that happens. And they're in the wilderness. And they're complaining to Moses. They've gathered together in the assembly. And this time they're complaining about water. Water to drink for themselves. Water to feed all the flocks. Like God is going to leave them out with nothing. He's, he's taking care of them every step of the way. And he's just, you know what? He's decided, hey, I'm walking away from you guys. I'm done with you. Good, good, good luck. No, that's not the heart of God. And so they've gathered in the assembly and they're complaining and complaining. And I want you to see what happens next here in verse 6 as a result of their complaining to Moses and Aaron. Look, look what happens here in verse 6. It says this. It says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of this rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. Verse 9. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, you, must we bring you water out of this rock? 
Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Now, it's this huge miracle, this huge thing that takes place. They have been complaining, and all of a sudden now, here's all this water. Everyone had more than enough to drink. See, the people had struggled in the wilderness, but God always provided. He, he was always there, but their complaining communicated something. And doesn't complaining communicate? See, without even saying it, it says it. Every time we complain, nagging and complaining say something. But God always showed up, never late, just on time. I remember when I was in college, I, you know, as a young man, there was one desire that I really had. I had some desires, but there was one desire that I really, 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 really had. And that was, God, I want you to bless me with a, with a, with a beautiful woman. And I was... Uh, I, you know, and so I was, I was always just like, God, just God, would you bless me? God, would you hook me? Look, I feel right. Like, could you just send her and she's right and we'll be good? And, and, and that was what was on my mind. That, that I, I'm just, I'm, I'm letting you know that was what was on my mind. And so I remember during that season, I was praying and I was asking the Lord's blessing. And I remember he spoke to me and he said this, don't awaken love before it's time. Don't awaken love before it's time. What do you mean, Lord? I, I, I'm ready to go. I, I'm good to go. Uh, don't wake in love before it's time. That's not what I wanted to hear. God, I, I, I wanted to hear, God, uh, son, uh, she's right over there. Go get her. Like, that's what I wanted to hear. But that's not what he said. Don't awaken love before it's time. And so in that, I made a decision. Okay, God, if that's what, you, that's what you're saying to me, I'm going to make a decision. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a fast. I'm not going to date until... You know, I graduate from school. I'm, I'm not even going to go about it. I'm not going to pursue her. She's probably she's going to try to come at me. I'm going to say, girl, back up. I'm, I'm fasting before the Lord. <laughs> but I was so grateful I waited. And what I've learned over and over in this life is that the blessings of God are in the details. And I tell each and every one of you this morning, God's not done in your life. See, you might feel like, well, I've lived a lot of years, or I experienced this, or I've been through. God is not done in your life. He's, he's not done. The story isn't out. He's not done in your life. The question for each of us is, what is God saying to you? What is he asking of you? How does he want you to wait? How does he want you to, to do it? When does he want you to do it? Because the blessings of God are in the details See, there's three things around this that I want to share with you this morning regarding your life, your area, us as a church. Three things that I want us to understand. And the very first thing is this, is that we really, really, really need to learn to step away from the situation. I'm going to say that again. This, this point is so important for us. We need to learn to step away from the situation. Now, let me say this. It could be extremely difficult to clearly hear God's voice in your life when you're so emotionally and mentally overwhelmed by what's going on. Listen, we all got something going on, but there's something when we're stuck in this and we're mentally and emotionally so overwhelmed by it that we can't see clearly, well, this is what I think I should do next, and this sounds right and it looks right, but the truth is you're so clouded with the situation that you can't really step in the right direction. See, in order to find answers, in order to find peace and healing, you're going to have to learn to step away from the situation, not forget the situation, not pretend it's not happening, but learn to step away from it. 
I want you to see verse 6a here. It says this. It says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly. You see, that's, the assembly is where the complainers were. The, the assembly is where the issue was. That he, that, that's where all the drama was taking place, was in the assembly. And the Bible says that they stepped away from the assembly. It was complaining they had heard over and over. You see, complaining that threatens their leadership. Complaining that threatened their competence or their connection with God. Are you really connected with God? Or, 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 or is God really for us? Or their overall direction? And I could imagine how it made them feel. I could imagine it was, it was, it was probably like an, like an off-balance marriage between Moses and Aaron and, and the people of God. You see, marriage is something that is designed and set apart by God. God designed it so that one man and one woman would come together in God's presence and, and be blessed. He designed it so that the man would be the spiritual head of the house, not to dismiss his wife's voice, not to neglect her, not to disrespect her, but to lead her closer to God. You know, my wife and I, we've, we've met with a lot of couples over the years, and, and one of the things that we've seen is that when the man isn't given this role in the marriage, it doesn't quite function the way that it should. Now, it's a whole other thing if the man is given this role, but he doesn't do anything with it, and that's a whole different story. But I want to say this. Ladies, if you want to put yourself in to potentially have a great marriage, then you have to let your husband be the spiritual leader of your home. And what was happening here with these Israelites is they were looking over at Moses and Aaron and constantly complaining. And that complaining communicated something. It said something about their trust with God. And it also said something about the leadership that was happening because God blessed. And then they would complain. And then they would go back and forth. And this cycle would take place. See, this group of Israelites wouldn't let Moses and Aaron lead and wouldn't let God handle his way. So what happens? Moses and Aaron stepped away. Now, they could have stayed in the assembly and said, what? You guys said what? I mean, you want to handle this? Like, you're always complaining. Like, I mean, they could have did something like that, but they didn't do that. Right, they could have said, well, you, you, you know what, oh, you, you guys are saying a lot of stuff. Or, you know, you're always complaining. We should just give up. We're, we're just done. We, we, we could just go cry over smell milk, right? We, we could just go whine, but we, we, could, we can go in and do nothing about it. But that's not what Moses and Aaron did. It says they stepped away from the assembly. Now, they did this because this was their habit. This was their habit because God taught him to go to him first and always. You know who was really good at stepping away from the situation was Jesus. Jesus was great at this. In Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, we see this. This is this, yet the news about him, Jesus, spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him, Jesus, and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So, pastor, you, need to, you, you mean to tell me that the people needed Jesus and he stepped away? They had all kinds of sicknesses and disease and things going on, but Jesus just left? He withdrew? He could have helped them, and he went somewhere else? You see, what Jesus knew is the only way for him to be good for the people was to withdraw, to step away and to come back. See, let me say it this way. Your problem, your issue needs you to step away and then come back to it. Now, your problem doesn't want you to, and I want you to see how the enemy works. 
The enemy wants you to stay inside of the, the situation and be there and be mentally overwhelmed, be emotionally overwhelmed and just stay in it. That's what it wants. But what it needs you to do is to separate yourself, to withdraw from it. Don't try and run from it. You need to face it, but you need to step away from it first. I'm going to say it. The blessings are in the details. And the first thing that you need to learn to do is to step away from the situation. And secondly, secondly, we go straight to the one who can do the impossible. We go straight to the one who can do the impossible. Now, someone say, go straight. Go straight. Go straight. See, not just plan to get there, because you know how we do, right? We, we, we make all kinds of stops along the way. That's why I can't road trip with some of you, right? We'll be stopping everywhere. Man, I can do road trips. I ask my kids to go get my phone from my nightstand. Hey, you know, Jonah, Bella, can you go get my phone from my nightstand? They're like, yeah, Daddy, I'll go get it. I'll go get your phone from your nightstand. And, and they come back five minutes later, and, and they don't have my phone, and they got a bunch of other stuff in their hands. And so I say, well, where's my phone? They're like, oh, I forgot. They, they do this, like literally. Put, they go, ah, I forgot. I'm like, they're like, I'll, I'll go get it right now. And I'm like, okay, pause, stop. Before you go get it, I really have to know, how did you forget it? Like, I sent you to get one thing. I got to know, how did you forget it? And they'll say, well, you know, I was on my way, and I, I saw my Lego, and I just had to pick it up. Or I saw the, the clothes to my doll, and I had to pick it up. Or, or I got hungry, and I wanted a snack. And I'm like, how could you? How, how does this stop? So often, we get distracted by things along the way. See, we know that we should go to God. We know that we should go to Father. We know that we should trust Him. We know. But we get distracted on the, on the way. We run to the wrong things or to the wrong people. Well, it, oh, Pat, it's because I know somebody who can, who can maybe help me with this situation that I'm going through. Well, maybe. And naturally, that, that makes sense, right? If, if I have a friend who knows all about what I'm going through, then I should reach out to them. I get that. But there's no one who can help you like our Heavenly Father. He, 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 he knows what you're going through. He knows how stressed you are, how overwhelmed you are. He knows what you've been frustrated about. He knows what you want. He knows what you need. He, he knows I'm, what I'm suggesting, what I'm teaching this morning is that would you go to Father? Would you go to our Heavenly Father? Before you go anywhere else, if you, if you know where you should go, don't get distracted by that thing. Don't run to that. Go to Father. You know, I've had the opportunity to, to, to minister in some other countries, and, and, and they have different gods. You're having trouble having a, a child? Go to the God of fertility. You know, go, go, go to this God for this. And, and so you go to this for that, and go to that for that. But there's one who knows everything you need. Would you go to Father? Would you go to our Heavenly Father and talk, talk to Him? The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It says this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Every need of yours. You know who says this? This is the Apostle Paul. This is the Apostle Paul. He's talking about how God has met every need in his life, and he'll do the same for you. Now, what you need to know about this brother is that this brother went through some major things. He went through some things that we wouldn't wish upon nobody. And yet he's saying, God took care of me. And if God will take care of me, God will take care of you. 
Would you go to Father? Would you go to our Heavenly Father? I mean, the benefits of walking with God are just amazing. See, the key here, though, and I want each and every one of us to get is you got to go to Him. You got to go to Him. Before you go anywhere else, you must go to Him because going to Him communicates your trust in Him being your God. That's what it says. If you leave your situation and you go straight to Him, I mean, that tells Him something. That communicates a whole lot. Now, complaining and, and nagging or doing something you know, else, that communicates your level of trust in Him as well. It communicates, see, when we go to Him, it communicates our faithfulness to Him. And the Israelite community, they struggled over and over because they kept looking to other things. Oh, oh, this will help me. This, this is my connection or this is my hookup. And, and let, let me go to that. Let me go, let me go check that out. When you take your eyes off the prize, off the goal, you'll come back with something else in your hand and the same problem, the same issue. You see, in verse 6b, right, it had said that Moses and Aaron left the gathering, they left the issue, and they went, and then look what it says. It went to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. See, what did Moses and Aaron do? They went to the one who can do the impossible. That's who they went to. Listen, I have a couple of pictures of this, and I want you to get an idea of the tents of meeting. You know, as they traveled in the wilderness, once they were freed from slavery in Egypt, they, they went, um, they were traveling, and they had this tent of meeting. See, this tent of meeting um, held the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant was in there. The Ten Commandments were in there. So this, they traveled with them wherever they went. As they got up and moved, so this tent got up and moved with them. And it carried the presence of God. And so Moses and Aaron, they lift, left the assembly, and they went straight there. They went to God. They went to seek him out, to seek his favor, to seek his plan, to seek his purposes, his will, his blessing, his provision. The Bible says this, and one of my favorite passages in Scripture, it says this in Psalms 34.10. It says, The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. It doesn't matter our age or how long we've known the Lord. Sometimes we behave like young lions. Sometimes we do. They're just, just ready to jump at anything, any idea, any suggestion, anything in the media. And I just, ah, oh, that looks good. Ah, oh, that sounds good. Or ah, oh, whatever. We're just like these young lions who often get themselves distracted and in trouble. But the Bible says, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. That if you'll just go to Father, you will not lack any good thing. God will not hold it back from you, but he'll give it to you. He'll bless you with it. That if you go to Father, you will lack no good thing in your life. No good thing. The Bible says this in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I'll tell you our God is good. He's good. Trust him with your biggest issues. Trust Him with your struggles and your weaknesses. Trust Him with your insecurities. Trust Him with your concerns and your dilemmas, with your worries. Some of us will trust Him with, with everybody else's stuff but our own. Or, or we like to gauge whether or not it's a problem for God or for something else or someone else. You know, hey, this is kind of like, you know, well, let me just talk to this person and, you know, me and God will talk about it later. 
But we, we miss out on that. Bring everything to him. The Bible reminds us in Matthew 7, 11 that he knows how to give good gifts. He says this, Jesus says this, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He gives good gifts. The blessings of God are in the details. See, the first thing is this. You need to learn to step away from the situation. Secondly, go to the one who can do the impossible. And thirdly, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Now, I know that doesn't seem like rocket science, but it's extremely important. To, to the utter extreme, it is important. I want you to look at the instructions that God gives to Moses here in verse 8. Check this out. It says this. It says, take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it'll pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. You see, these are God's instructions. This, this is what God gives them. See, they stepped away from the issue. They went to the one who can do the impossible. God gives them instruction. And then I want you to see what happens after they've gotten their instructions in verses 9 through 11. Check this out here. It says this in verse 9. Right? They've heard from God. It says this. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels. At first, I thought that was kind of out of pocket. I thought, like, what? Like, God didn't say call them rebels, but they've been complaining, so hey, I'll give them a little bit right there, you know. But listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Yeah, you, you do that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm so close. I'm gonna grab it. I forgot to ask. I brought a uh, Moses' staff with me this morning. Me and my dad worked on this this week, getting it ready. As I look at this story. I want us to see the details. See, it's this amazing miracle. Everybody drinks, and it's, and it's, it's great. Yeah, you know, all the people drink, all the livestock drink, all of that, all of that happens. But did they do what God asked them to do? Is, is that what they did? Because something's missing here. See, the blessings of God for your life are in the details. Now, what did God say? What happened? Let's, let, let's rewind this. The people of God are complaining. The complaining communicates something to God. Moses and Aaron are in an assembly. I mean, they could have just said, what, you complaining again? Woo, woo, let, they could have said, oh, you're complaining again. I don't know what to do. But they, what they did is they left the assembly. They went to the one who can do the impossible. 
they got there. God showed up. God spoke. He gave wisdom, direction. It's that God gave them what they needed to know. They leave the assembly. They go and gather the assembly again, just like God says. Gather all the complainers. Gather the issue. They go to it. God said, go and speak to the rock in front of all the people. Water will come out. I'll be glorified. And it'll be a huge miracle. What do they do? Moses gets in and said, you rebels. What's wrong with you people? He takes the staff that God told him to bring with him. And he, and he raises it up in the air. And instead of speaking to the rock, he takes the staff and he hits that rock twice. Bang. Bang like that and all of a sudden all this water just gushes out all the people are you know they get all the water they need and the animals drink and it's great yeah God came through again yes this is awesome Woo! Moses you did it but that's not what God said See, there's, there's something that I want you to understand. I, I, I want you to say this. I want you to understand this. When you take what God says and do it your way, God does not get the same glory and you miss your blessing. I'm going to say that again. When you take what God says and do it your way, God does not get the same glory and you miss your blessing. Let me tell you. The people still got the water because God is good and faithful, but Moses missed his. See, in verse 12, it says this. It says, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. Why? Because God said, take the staff, speak to the rock. See, when you go off and you start hitting it, you're showing what you can do. God said, speak to it. It says, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Whoa, everybody came up except for Moses and Aaron. God said, speak to the rock, not hit the rock. Well, you know, I like to put my own twist on things. I like to just do, you, God said, take the staff with you. Speak and watch me provide. You know, the Bible has the best illustrations. God speaks to us in different ways. We, we receive communication from God in different ways. He speaks to our hearts, right? We'll, we'll hear his voice. We'll, we'll read his word. It'll come alive. Or we'll, we'll, the prophetic word. God speaks to us in, in different ways, a dream, a, a, a vision. Our job is to seek him. The Bible says this in James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. I love this passage. It says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Woo, already get you right there. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, like not a glance, but like looked at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. 
I can't help but think about this is Moses and Aaron right there. God said here, this is what I want you to do. This is how it's supposed to be. This is how I'm going to receive the most glory and your blessings are in the details. And he goes off and does his own thing. I'm going to put my own twist on it, my own, my own spin on it. I, I'm going to do these people don't deserve you. I, I'm going to go and do that. The blessings are in the details. So for all of us this morning, where are we at? How are we doing? Some of you, you're, you're struggling to hear God's voice in your life because the truth is you are so mentally and emotionally wrapped around that area. And you, and you can't hear him clearly in there. You're struggling to hear that. Some of us, the truth is we haven't even gone to God with the situation. We haven't. We've been trying to handle it. We got this. And we, and we may have made a bigger mess than it was originally. Some of us, we haven't done exactly what he's told us to do, what he's given us to do. Somehow you put your own twist on it, your own preferences on it, and it's just, that's where you're at. The blessings are in the details. See, I'll tell you this morning that God loves us. He loves our church. He, he is for us. He has the best in mind for each and every one of us. But we have to walk in him. See, if you walk in him, you're going to find that more than enough. You're going to find more than enough provision. You're going to find more than enough healing. You're going to find more than enough strength. You're going to find more than enough mercy. You're going to find more than enough grace and favor in your life. But you got to go to him. You got to go to Father, to our Heavenly Father. So here's my challenge for each and every one of us. It's three things, three part. Number one, first part of the challenge is I want you to sign up for the fast. Would you sign up for the fast? Would you, would you engage with God in a spiritual, go deeper with him? Would you sign up for the fast? Number two, would you ask yourself, where am I with these steps and take action? Where are you? Are you still mentally and emotionally just dealing with it all and you haven't stepped away? Do you need to go to the one who can do the impossible in your life? Or, or, or are you at the, the last place where you, you, you need to... You need to take action and do what he says. See, the blessings are in the details. Would you remind yourself all week the blessing are in the details? Let me take a moment to pray for, pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is alive. God, we've come to hear from you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that your word, Lord, it, it ministers, it convicts, it challenges, it gives us wisdom and direction, it reveals the things around us. And I pray, God, that you would continue to strengthen your church, strengthen us, God, refresh us, God, do a great work in each and every one of us. I pray, God, for every home, every family, God, every relationship, every marriage, God, every, every, every child, every son, every father, every, every mother, Lord, every grandparent, Lord, I, I pray, God, that you would be with them now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to them now. Speak to them now. God, help them to see where they're at. Help them to see what they need to do, God. Help them to see that there's reason why there's instructions. There's the, the, the blessings are in the details. So, Father, would you strengthen your church and work in each and every one of us? We love you, Lord.